Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 8, 2022. I'm teaching a series all year called Intentional Progress, where we are going to pursue the progress that we believe that God destined for us to have for 2022, but we're going to be intentional about it. We're going to be deliberate about it. And within that series, we've been studying life lessons from the life of Jesus. This morning, God gave me so much to give to you that, that I'm super excited. I'm, I'm trying to contain myself. So in this moment, what I want you to do is to open up your heart to receive what God is about to release. Get ready. So let me, let me get into the word for this morning. I actually want to go straight into it. Uh, this is Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, part 40. Yeah, part 40. Yeah, for real. That's how I teach. I take my time. And the Road to the Resurrection, part 11. So we're just a few weeks away from celebrating Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday morning. And uh, it is the most important day in the history of history, right? The day that Jesus was raised from the dead. So as we're studying Jesus, as he's going down to the Road to the Resurrection, we already studied John 5, 6, 8, 12, 14 through 18. Now we're in John chapter 19. Yesterday, I got to verses 8 through 11, and I told you that I had too much to share yesterday from that, so I needed to come right back to 8 through 11 again today. So this is the setting, and then we'll get into two things. I just have two things, but they're really important things that God wants me to share with you. But once again, here's the setting. Yesterday, we saw how Pilate was questioning Jesus, and Pilate got frustrated because Jesus didn't seemingly answer him the way that he wanted you know, him to answer. And so he keeps asking Jesus, this que Jesus these questions, and he, he's kind of like in a bind because he knows that Jesus is innocent. He knows that Jesus has done nothing wrong. He tried to get Jesus out of it with the whole thing with Barabbas, and the crowd chose Barabbas. So he asked Jesus to come inside. Him and Jesus are inside now. The crowd is outside. The crowd, the crowd is bloodthirsty. They want Jesus's blood. But he knows that Jesus has done nothing wrong. And so he asked this weird question. He was like, well, where are you from? Like, you know, he, Jesus has already explained that my kingdom is not of this world. But Pilate says, well, where are you from? And, and Jesus didn't answer. And so this kind of frustrated him because, see, people in, in authority, they don't like <laughs> when you don't answer them the way that they expect to be answered, right? I mean, so they, they expect that if, hey, like, you know, it's almost like I have to watch myself being a, a soldier, military person, you know. We're just used to like, hey, if I say jump, you say how high. If I say run, you say how far. So governor, the, the governor, the Roman governor, Pilate, was used to like, hey, if I ask you a question, you give me an answer. And so he was like, where are you from? And Jesus didn't answer. So he got frustrated. And, and then he also has the people outside. And then he has all of, I mean, so there's a lot on his mind. And so he says to Jesus, why don't you answer my question? Don't you know that I have the power to let you go? Don't you know that I have the power to have you killed? I can have you nailed to the cross. <laughs> and I told you yesterday that it's funny that, that Pilate was giving a class on authority to the ultimate authority, that, that you know, he kind of crossed the line there. You know, Jesus had all power, all authority. Jesus could have called down a legion of demons and had everybody killed. What are you talking about? You have the power. You don't have no power. And so Jesus says to him, listen, I'm just going to say this right here. I'm going to leave this right here, Mr. Pilate. You don't have any authority except the authority 
that has been given to you from heaven. He was like, listen, just so you know, I just want to let you know that we're, me and my father, we're allowing this to happen. I mean, just so you know, like you ain't, you don't have no power over us. Whatever we're allowing to happen, we're allowing it to happen because there's purpose wrapped up in it. We're the ones moving pieces around the chessboard and you're just a peon on the chessboard, just so you know. So don't get it twisted. Don't act like you have all this power over me. It's not even that kind of party. I have the power. I have all authority and I'm letting it happen. Let's talk about it. So what does this mean for you today? Because you're like, well, Rick, I'm dealing with some stuff. I got you. I got you. Hold on. I got two things to share with you in this morning. I hope you're ready to receive. Number one, God has all power. We've established that, right? God sits on the circle of the earth. Uh, God has all power and God can prevent or God can permit things from happening in your life. He can prevent, he can permit things from happening in your life. I don't want to go down the, the road, you know, I don't want to go down a tangent, but just read the story of, of Job as an example. Um, you know, so it wasn't like God was doing these things, but he was like, okay, Satan was like, well, I can't touch him because you have a hedge of protection around about him. He's like, all right, fine. I will permit you to do this, but you can't do that. I will permit you to do this, but I'll prevent you from doing that. He's like, you could do this, but you can't do that. You can do this, you can touch his stuff, but you can't touch his body. Then you could touch his family, but you can't you know, uh, touch him. Then you can, you can, yeah, I'll let you make him sick, but you can't kill him. And so there's some things that happen. God can prevent, God can permit. So I've also, as I'm making this point, have pointed out to you multiple times that you are also a free moral agent. So I, I like to differentiate between things that God is permitting and, you know, that, that is tied to your purpose and, and then just dumb decisions that you made that I made we all make dumb decisions. And so when we make a dumb decision, when we sow bad seed, we're going to get a bad harvest. And if we sow bad seed and we get a bad harvest, it's not God's fault. Just to be clear about that, if we sow bad seed and we get a bad harvest, don't be talking about, oh God, why'd you let this happen to me? No, you brought that upon yourself. So you are a free moral agent. God has given you a free will. The whole earth functions on a system of seed, time, and harvest cause and effect, and the free will of humans. So if you understand cause and effect, if you understand that you're going to reap whatever you sow, and but you also understand that God is sovereign, you got to kind of reconcile all of that. So there are some things that God will get involved with, that God is permitting because there's purpose wrapped up in it. And there are some things that you brought upon yourself because you made bad decisions. Either way, I already told you that God is able to work all of that stuff out together for your good, because it's not like God has to wait till Tuesday to know what you're going to do on Tuesday. So based upon his foreknowledge of your decisions, he predestined you, right? So there are many things that God has prevented from you from experiencing that you're not going to find out until you get to heaven. And then there are some things that God permitted, but let me just say about the prevent stuff. And so I grew up in, in Brooklyn. I grew up in East New York, Brooklyn. <laughs> East, my neighborhood, my sister doesn't like when I say this, but, but it's the truth. I mean, so New York City was the murder capital of the United States in the 70s and 80s, and then it became like Gary, Indiana after that. Um, but in, in New York City, um, my neighborhood, East New York, Brooklyn, was the murder capital of the murder capital. And so I grew up in a, in a, in a really bad place. The crack ep- epidemic grew up around me and all of that. It was terrible. And when I got born again, I was 23 years old. One of the first things the Holy Spirit did for me when I got born again, and it was so powerful, it was like I was in my Connex in Kuwait. A Connex is like a shipping container. <laughs> I lived in a shipping container. I was in Kuwait. And one day, 
this was one of the most powerful experiences I had with God, especially early with God. It's like the Holy Spirit played a movie upon the canvas of my mind's eye, and he took me back through all of these experiences. I was shot at with a sawed-off shotgun. I had a 357 Magnum placed in my head when I was 11 years old. I've had knives at my throat. Uh, you know, all kind of stuff happened uh, to me, and by the grace of God, I, I, I escaped them all. And it's like the Holy Spirit was playing like all these episodes for me. It was like, do you remember this? I was like, yeah. Well, that was me. I, I shielded and protected you. Do you remember this? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. People call me lucky. Matter of fact, in the Dominican Republic, they call me El Santo, like the saint. It was like, man, this guy, like, you know, all these things. Like, I almost died multiple times, but it was the grace of God. So anyway, in my case, the Holy Spirit played like a movie for me. All these things that happened, and then he showed me how angels were shielding and protecting me. My mother was praying for me. My grandmother had prayed for me. And so I was like, oh, snap. So thank God for, for your mother praying for you. Oh, oh, glory to God for parents out there. You need to pray for your kids. I'm telling you, I am here by the grace of God and by the prayers of my mother and my grandmother. Anyway, so the Holy Spirit showed all that to me. Let me say this to you. Um, if he never shows it to you now, when you get to heaven, you're going to realize, man, God shielded and protected you. There are so, so many times that God protected you for such a time as this. I mean, there could have been a car, a drunk driver that's coming your way. He's about to hit you and the and the angel will just blow him out of the way. You don't know all the things that God has done to shield and protect you for your purpose. And, and you won't know unless he reveals it to you. But when you get to heaven, you're going to find out. And then there are other things that God allowed to happen because there's purpose wrapped up in. So, so my point is this. If you make bad decisions, yeah, you're going to get a bad harvest. Uh, if you're being attacked for your purpose, then God allowed it because there's purpose wrapped up in it. But either way, God is moving pieces around the chessboard. Let me say this. If you're facing something this morning or any day, you're facing a challenge and you don't feel like you can take it. You feel like, oh my God, this is too much. That's a lie. It is not too much because if it was too much, you wouldn't be facing it. Remember that the Bible teaches us that God will not allow us to face something basically that we cannot handle. And so if we're facing it, then we can handle it. If we're facing it, we have the grace for it. And if we're facing it, God trusts us with it. So when a believer asks God this question, you know, a believer says this to God and a lot of believers do, oh God, why did you let this happen? Right? You know, you know you've heard that and you probably said that too. You've asked God that question. Then the answer is, is, is one of two things, either A, well, you brought it upon yourself and God is like, I didn't have nothing to do with it. You're reaping a bad harvest on a bad seed or B, God will say, you're going to understand it later. You will, you will be able to look back later and appreciate everything that I permitted. And listen, as you walk with God, that happens all the time. You ask God to take you out of a situation and he doesn't. And then later on, you look back and you say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for not taking me out of that situation. Thank you for not giving me the blessing when I asked you to give me the blessing. Thank you for not making it so easy because now I appreciate it even more. In Psalms 119 and verse 71, David said, I was glad that I was afflicted. I mean, like, you know, basically he was saying, had I not been afflicted, I would not know God the way that I know God. Like, I mean, I've been through too much. See, now when I face something, I'm not moved. I'm like Mount Zion. What do we know about Mount Zion? Well, it ain't going nowhere. There those that have confidence in God, they're like Mount Zion. I shall not be moved. You know why I'm not going to be moved? Because I've been through too much stuff. I've seen too much already. I can't question God. Like I, I can go back and be like, oh, no, 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 no. Look, I remember this. Yep, yep. Thank you, Jesus. I remember this. I've been through too much. I've seen too much. I'm glad that I was afflicted because all of those things now, I have, I have a whole, I, I have a, 
a, a museum of testimonies in my heart. I can go back and look at all these altars. I've developed altars in my heart and I've been through too much. I'm glad that I was afflicted because had I not been afflicted, I wouldn't know God the way that I know God. I don't just know God in a book. I know God in real life. When you get to heaven, watch this, you have a conversation with David. He's going to tell you, yeah, I'm glad I went through that stuff because those things helped me to know God the way that I know God. When you get to heaven, go have a conversation with Joseph. Go have a, a conversation with Paul. Joseph will tell you, you know what? I'm glad I went through the pit phase and I went through the Potiphar phase and I went through the prison phase because the pit phase and the Potiphar phase and the prison phase prepared me for the palace phase. I wouldn't be ready for the palace if I didn't go through all that stuff. I'm glad I went through all that stuff. And while I was going through it, I asked God to take me out of it, but God didn't take me out of it because God, God permitted it because there was purpose wrapped up in it. Come on now. You talk to Paul. Paul would say, you know what? I, I, I went through prison. I was in and out of prison. I went through all kinds of stuff. And one of the things that I had was this thorn in the flesh. And I asked the Lord three times to take the thorn away. And God said, no, I'm not going to take it away because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, therefore, I, I take pleasure. I, I would rather take pleasure in the pain. Paul said, I take pleasure in the pain. I take pleasure in distresses and persecutions and necessities and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, you know what happens? I'm made strong. And so, yeah, there's some things that God permits because there purpose wrapped up in it. Jesus was facing Pilate. Jesus was facing a death sentence. Jesus was facing a judge that had the power to let him go or the power to have him crucified. And so, so he's facing this major challenge and Jesus was not moved by it because you know that God was moving throughout. God was the one moving pieces around on the chessboard. So you got to remember that when you're facing something, you got to remember that when you have a challenge, when you think that you're facing a major challenge, the challenge doesn't mean that you're outside of the will of God. You can read right smack dab in the middle of God's will and be in the middle of a storm. You can be in the middle of God's will. Listen, if you're facing something, don't be like Job's friends. Job's friends were like, well, if you're facing something, therefore you must be outside of the will of God. What did you do? Did you sin? It was like, no, it wasn't a sin issue. And so, so you got to know that sometimes you're in the center of God's will and you're still going to face something. And if God permitted it, then God has purpose wrapped up in it. Change your perspective. Greater is coming for you. Amen. All right. Number two, I only have two things for you this morning, but I mean, these are two things that you really got to get down in your heart. Number, number two, when you have divine vision from God, when you have vision from God, you can have peace in any situation. Let's talk about it. Pilate thought he had the power to kill Jesus, but Jesus was not afraid of Pilate at all. Jesus was not moved by the situation he was in because Jesus knew what was going on. Jesus Jesus knew that there was purpose in the problem. There was purpose in the pain. Jesus knew that he could see beyond where his eyes could look. See, when you know that you're facing a challenge, but there's purpose in it, then you see the challenge differently. A couple of months ago, you know, when I do today's word, I am giving to you what the Holy Spirit has given to me. So a lot of times I'm writing things I've never heard before. And because I'm a conduit, you know, of God. And so as I'm writing things, and I've been doing this for over 24 years, as I'm writing things, or, or even when I'm preaching, I'm saying something I never heard before, which is why I get excited, because it's like I'm the orator, but I'm also a spectator. I'm transmitting, but it's like I'm receiving. <laughs> and so anyway, a couple of months ago, you know, I write things sometimes that really just kind of stick with me. And one of the things that I wrote a couple of months ago through the unction of the Holy Spirit was this statement, vision gives pain a purpose. Vision gives pain 
a purpose. So I'm going to connect that statement to today's message. When I wrote that vision gives pain a purpose, it stuck with me. It, it helped me to see. It, it almost helped, helped to crystallize things that I've been teaching for years, but maybe just to make it more succinct. So let me explain. Um, Dr. Miles Monroe, I, I've done a lot of teaching on vision and, and received things on vision. Dr. Miles Monroe said that vision is sight birthed from insight with the benefit of hindsight. So he said vision is sight that is birthed from insight with the benefit of hindsight. See, when you have a vision from God, when you have vision from God, the Holy Spirit can give you glimpses of your future. And when he gives you this, these glimpses, he can give you an open vision while you're awake. He can, give, he can give you a dream while you're sleeping. He can just give you these glimpses while you're praying. But when he gives you these glimpses, you're able to see beyond where your eyes can look. See, when you have vision from God, you're able to see past the problem. You're able to see what's really going on. You're able to see that God is moving pieces around on the chessboard of your life. You're able to see that there is purpose in the problem and there is purpose in the pain. That's what Jesus did in Hebrews 11, I mean, Hebrews 12 and verse 2. The writer of Hebrews said, well, Jesus faced the cross, even the pain of the cross, because he saw that there was joy waiting for him. Because of the joy that was set before him, he endured the pain of the cross. He was able to do endure today because he could see tomorrow. And so when you see, when you're able to see beyond your present day circumstances, you are empowered not only with God's divine power, but also with peace, because you know that there's something going on beyond what's going on, you know? And so when you're facing a problem or a challenge and you have no vision though, this is where the challenge comes in. Let's say that you are facing a problem, but you can't see past it. This is where you can be a born-again believer, and the Holy Spirit is trying to help you to see past it, but you can't. And this is where you can be a born-again believer and, and buckle under the, the, the crushing weight of distressing anxiety. This is where you could be a born-again believer and be distressed and, and, and be depressed. Like, you can delve into depression uh, because you can't see beyond your present circumstance. But if you can see beyond it, if you can see beyond what you can see with your natural eyes, then you'll have peace. And it's a supernatural peace because you'll see the force behind the scene. Remember when uh, in Matthew chapter 16, the Bible says that Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. This is not in my notes. So I'm going to just put it in here for free. Uh, he asked his disciples saying, whom do men say that I, the son of man am? And they answered him and said, well, some say that thou art Elijah, John the Baptist, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. There's always going to be some some says. And Jesus said, well, whom do you say that I am? You guys have been with me for three years. And Simon, the son of Jonah, said, well, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed that unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. He was saying, Simon, you just got a download from another world and you shall be called Peter. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail against it. In the same conversation, he says, Peter, you just got a download from another, another world, right? This is amazing. Simon, now I'm going to call you Peter. All of that was great. In the same conversation, a few seconds later, he looks at Peter and says, get thee behind me, Satan. Because Peter said something that was not the unction of God. He was being led of Satan to say something. Jesus, you don't have to go to the cross. He said, get thee behind me, Satan. He was looking at Peter. He was speaking to Satan. There were forces behind the scene. And you got to know that there are forces behind the scene. But when you can't, when you don't discern the fact that there are forces behind the scene, 
then all you can do is, is just be caught up in whatever the scene is, right? And so you got to understand that that's why I did so much teaching on living by the unseen versus the seen. So it's understandable for a person that can't see beyond today, a person that can't see beyond where their eyes can look, to be dealing with distressing anxiety, to lose their mental health, because they don't understand that there's something bigger going on than what they can see that's going on. But when you can see beyond today, Jesus was able to see beyond today. So even though he was facing the death penalty, he wasn't moved by it. Why? Because he could see beyond it. And so when, when God blesses you to be able to see beyond it, then the pilots that you face in your life, like the people that you have right now in your life, maybe you have some pilots, maybe you have some people in your life that seemingly have power and authority over you, and they're making decisions that can impact you, and they're making decisions about your career and your future, and they are having meetings and bringing up your name, and you're not in the meeting. And so you're like, wait a minute, these people are like these pilots, and they have power, they have authority over you. See, here's the, power, uh, uh, here's the, the piece that you can have. I know the God that has all power. I know the God that has all power. He made plans for me from the foundations of the world. So since God has given me plans from the foundations of the world, then I know that God can use the righteous and the unrighteous. So please don't mistake, don't make this mistake, the, the mistake of thinking that, well, God is not working through this person because they're not born again. God is not, listen, God can use anybody. God can use the saved and the unsaved. God can use the righteous and the unrighteous. So don't think that just because somebody has some type of temporary authority over you that God can't work through them because they're not a Christian. No, no, God can work through anything and anybody. So any of the pilots that seemingly have any power or authority over you, don't be afraid of them. Keep your focus and your confidence in God. God has purpose in whatever he allows. If he permitted it, he has purpose wrapped up in it. So find peace in that. You know what I want to do today? I'm led to do something different. Uh, in Ephesians 1, verses 17 through 19, this is a good word. Yeah, I, I, I declare that in the name of Jesus. I, I'm preaching better than you saying amen in the chat. But I can tell you that I want to do something different today. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19 is a, Paul, a prayer that Paul prayed for the believers in Ephesus. I want to pray that prayer for you, but not from like the traditional King James or anything. I'm going to pray it for you like in the RPV, the Rick Pena version. So I'm going to pray for you first. And after I pray for you, you don't have to repeat after me or nothing. After I pray for you, then I'm going to lead you in a declaration of faith. I want to do two things today. I want to pray for you, and then I want to lead you in a declaration. Can we do that? Let's close out with that. First of all, here's my prayer for you. Just receive it. I pray to you, Father, who is great and glorious. This is, this is from Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. So, Father, now I pray to you. You are a God who is great and glorious. You are the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that our God will give you even now, the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding and the knowledge of him. I pray that God will flood your eyes with his divine light. I pray that he would give you the vision that was birthed in his heart for you before the world began. I pray that as you receive this vision and revelation, the revelation of who God is, that you would get to know him better. I pray that you would open your minds to see this truth. Then you will know the hope that God has chosen for us to, to have. You will have a hope that comes from above. You will know that the blessings that God has for you, you are his glorious people. These are rich and glorious blessings. And you will know that God's power is exceptionally great for us who believe that the same power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead 
and, and put them in heavenly places and put them in his right hand, that same power is available to you today and every day. May you sense his presence. May you receive his wisdom. May you tap into his power in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to lead you in a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Father, you have all power. You sit on the circle of the earth. You are the supreme authority. And you are my God. Therefore, you will not allow the enemy to destroy me. There will be people in my life who have authority over me and who are making decisions about my future but I'm not afraid of them or their power because you have all power. Your hand is bigger than their actions. Your voice supersedes their little voices. Your limitless authority rules over their limited authority. So my trust and confidence are in you. Sometimes the people over me will make decisions I don't want them to make. Other times they do not. But in either case, you are still God. And my trust and confidence are in you. You made plans for me from the foundations of the world. And I believe that those plans shall come to pass. Not only that, as you reveal those plans to me in glimpses, the glimpses you give me of things that are future to me, but past to you. They keep me going through challenging times. I am able to see beyond where my eyes can look. And I'm able to see past my present day circumstances. This vision gives my pain a purpose. Seeing beyond the now not only can I endure the now, but I know I'm getting ready for the next. So greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org and click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes. You get the notes for free, so sign up. Get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Walk into this day knowing that God is still God. He has plans for you. He can give you vision. And when you're able to see beyond where your eyes can look, then you can have a peace that, that cannot be moved in any circumstance because you know that God is still moving pieces around on the chessboard and he reserves the last move for himself. Go into this day and enter into God's rest. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.